Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. موسیقی یہ شادی کی تقریب سب کو مبارک یہ شادی کی تقریب سب کو مبارک یہ نعمت خدا کی تہارت کا پرچم تہارت کا پرچم فضاؤں میں عقد السلام علیکم ورحمت اللہ وبرکاتہ it's a beautiful Tuesday morning here in Johannesburg, my beloved, wonderful listeners of Sirius FM and our beloved, wonderful listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Remember our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. The 12th of Ramadan, 1444. Let's welcome our beloved, honorable, respected Fadilatul Ustad. Ustad, welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Listener wants to know, Ustad, is it permissible to assist a non-Muslim while your Muslim friend suffers, Ustad? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd, all praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. When we study our charity in Islam, then you will see it is graded into different categories. Let me give you a few examples. Zakat. Zakat is compulsory, is a pillar of Islam, so that we have to give to poor Muslims only. Then you take Sadaqatul Fitr, Fitra. We know there's 35 rand per person. So that is wajib. So that also for Muslims only. And then you have Fidya. People cannot fast and so forth because of old age. <coughs> because of old age and so forth. Or because they are chronically ill, perpetually ill. So that also 35 rand per fast for poor Muslims. But beside that, you want to give voluntary charity that I'm driving somewhere and I park and then you get these youngsters, they come, boza, boza. So you give them one rent, two rent, five rent, ten rent, whatever you want to give. So that is voluntary charity. 
So you can't say no, that I can't give him that, because why the Muslims in Palestine are suffering, or the Muslims in Libya or Syria are suffering, or the Muslims in South Africa are suffering. So that's wrong. So you must say that it is all graded, meaning that zakat we must give out 2.5%, give to our poor Muslims. Though the Surah, I'm dead against this giving organizations, and I say that one, two, three organizations, fine, we have some confidence in them. But 80%, if you go into them, you will see how many problems they are and how zakat is being misused and abused and so forth. So therefore, we should not confuse issues. Same thing with your fidya and your fitra must go to poor Muslim. But voluntary charity you give to anybody. That give charity to people of all religion and sometimes to give charity is haram. For example, a person who gives charity there to the Israelis, the Jutlas, the Jews, there in Israel, or you make an EFT and give there. So that's haram, obviously. We can't be helping those people who are killing and destroying Islam and the Muslims and so forth. Or, for example, the BJP there in India. So obviously, there's a people, there's a harbi, there's a war going on there. So therefore, these type of people, to give them money and assistance and all, haram and not permissible. A listener says that my husband smokes weed. But he tells me, Mufti Sahib, I should be like Bibi Ghadija radiallahu anha and give him all my money, Ustad. Remember, you must give him nothing. So he just use you and then he will give you the virtues and then he will tell you, go use it. Today is weed, tomorrow is something else, then be gambling and so forth. You must give him absolutely nothing. And if he asks you why, you must tell him Mufti AK said so. So you must remember that the wife don't have to give the husband anything. You must remember that. In Islam, the husband has to provide everything to the wife. And you must remember he must give root the food, the clothing, and whatever else, medication, all this responsibility is only upon the husband, not the other way around. Yes, the husband is a person very, very pious. He's trying his level best and so forth and so on. And you can see that, you know, he's struggling and he's not going to spend it in haram and so forth. Without him telling you, then that you go on your own and you give him. See, I give you an example. This whole incident is mentioned in Ibn Majah. So Zainab, Zainab radiallahu anha is who? A imra'atu Abdullah, the wife of Abdullah the Mas'ud radiallahu anha, who was faqir and he himself was poor. He used to work and everything, but he shouldn't earn much and so forth. And he was more learning Quran, Hadith, and so forth and so on. And she, said Zainab, the wife of Abdullah al-Masood, was a wealthy lady. So she came and she asked Mustafa Rasulullah if I give some money to my husband, that is Abdullah, then is it permissible and what happens? So Nabi Alayhi said, yes, willingly if you want to from your money you give him and you will get double the reward, not zakat and all that now. This is voluntary, you understand, gift. So you give him a lucky ajran, you will get double reward. 
ajru sadaqa or ajru sila and you will get the reward of the charity and you will get reward of strengthening the family ties ajru sila ajru karaba all these words are mentioned so it means in a case like that it's fine but your what your husband wants to do is not permissible you mustn't give him anything and don't try him you know they give you all the virtues of the khadija and all these things here yeah? he'll make you a fool and you will regret about it <clears throat> somebody says here yeah, could you please explain talaqul mughallada my husband says he was not himself mistake was done last night to start Remember that husband and wife, you must remember when the husband loses his temper or the husband, you must remember, had alcohol or drugs or whatever and he gave three talaq, three divorce and so forth. So in a case like that, you must remember that we will say that all three talaqs are valid and that is Ijma consensus, Shafi'is, Malikis, Hanafis, Hanbalis. Like how today I sent out the book in Arabic you might be wondering that on your group and all that you got there so that Sheikh there Sheikh Ismail bin Muhammad Ansari he said that 20 rakats hadith is sahih you must remember and he did a wonderful research on it so here also the three talaq 100% you must remember is three you my brother come with this excuse I wasn't myself I was uh, very angry all that holds no water and you sister you must move out from that house and if it is his house and remember you go to your parents or your your brother's house or something and if it's your house you stay there and he must leave immediately you can't be staying in the same house now after the three talaqs remember that your marriage is finished you can't reconcile you can't remarry and don't look for loopholes and all that say no that and now the, on the internet is written that the sheikh and that sheikh say is one talaq mm. we reject all that there and you'll be living in sin and Allah Allah's curse will be upon you something on which there's ijma and consensus don't play with sharia and therefore I'm telling you that all three talaqs are valid Ustada any encouragement for me as I'm finding finding it so difficult to settle down and it feels like I'll be single all my life Ustada remember the first thing you must do is chapter 39 and verse 53 whichever condition Almighty keeps us so you must always place your trust in Almighty that's first thing then your, your, your challenge is half already won you must remember your battle will be won Today, the Ummah, when difficulties come, then they start losing hope. The Quran mentions in Surah Yusuf a very, very strong warning. The people who lose hope in the mercy of Almighty Allah, only non-Muslims. So remember, we're not saying you're a non-Muslim. We are saying that that's a sign of being non-Muslim. It's a big difference between the two. So when things are going well, Alhamdulillah. When things are going ex- exceptionally well, Alhamdulillah, that everything is reaching its conclusion and is ending how you wanted it to. 
and things go against us, then they read, Alhamdulillah, ala kulli hal. Ya Allah, we praise you in all cases, all circumstances. And if you read the whole dua, very good mention in Tirmidhi, Alhamdulillah, ala kulli hal. Wa na'udhu bika min hali ahli nar. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from the condition of the people of the fire of Jahannam and so forth. Now, you are awake suhoor time, sehri time. Why you don't read two rakat special? You can read two, four, six, eight, whatever tahajud. But I'm suggesting tomorrow is Wednesday and it's very good to start something on a Wednesday. Our mother Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha would encourage that and it's sahih. So it's authentic and go open. You must remember Maqasidah Hasana right in the ending. You will find it there of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. So the point I'm making here is this, that, so tomorrow morning, so you read two rakat, tahajjud, salat, salatul hajjad, multiple intentions you make. And you must remember today, you must bahad the dua if you don't know it. Surah 25, chapter 25, Surah Furqan, the criterion, verse 74. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata'ayun. Ya Allah, grant us spouses and children that are the coolness of the eyes. Start reading from today, from tonight, from tomorrow, that the Asma'ullah al-Husna, the 99 names of Almighty Allah, and then make dua, and you will see how your duas will be accepted, inshallah. Read, Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud. Every day that now, the days that are left of Ramadan, mashallah, 16, 17, 18 days, whatever it is. So remember that every day, one rain, two rain, five rain. So you attract the mercy of Almighty Allah. You're going on with age now, you 30, 35, 40, and nobody coming, nobody proposing for you, or you're a male wherever you go, then they're telling you, no, there's that, they're giving you stories. So you must place your hopes and trust in Almighty Allah. Don't worry about people and so forth. Allah Jalla Wala is for everybody, and you turn more and more. In sajda also in your namaz. So read the dua. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa You will see how Almighty Allah will bless you with spouse or children and whatever you want, inshallah. Somebody says, Ustad, what's the ruling? On someone who does not shave their pubic area beyond 40 days, if one lives in sin in this manner, does one's ibadat get affected or not to start? The salat will be valid, the fasting will be valid, but you will get a sin. Remember that in <coughs> Islam, there's a wonderful book written by Sheikh Albani, Rahimahullah, Adabu Zifaf, and the etiquettes of the wedding night and so forth. So in there also he quotes this, because this husband-wife relationship, all that, and you know that these non-Muslims, they stole half the things from Islam. I can remember vividly, clearly, when we were in primary school 60 years ago, so the teachers would tell us cleanliness is next to godliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. So when we study hadith, Quran, hadith, Inna Allah yuhibbu tawabin wa yuhibbu al-mutatahirin. Verily, Allah Ta'ala loves the people who make tawbah and repent abundantly. Wa yuhibbu al-mutatahirin. See the balagha, the rhetoric, the beauty, the style, the diction of the Quran. Wa yuhibbu al-mutatahirin. Kathratul huruf tadullu ala kathratil ma'ani. 
the more letters there are in the word, the greater emphasis in the meaning and connotation of it. So it means those people who cleanse themselves, purify themselves thoroughly, properly, they are beloved by Almighty Allah. Hadith Tirmidhi, Inna Allah nazifun yuhibbun nazafa. Verily, Almighty Allah is very, very clean and Allah loves cleanliness. So the maximum for clipping our nails, you ladies who go to big, big toe, fingernails, you know, you think you're going to go and, you know, attack somebody or something. Haram all that. Totally haram. So for more than 40 days, you don't clip, you don't cut your toenails, your fingernails, or the pubic hair, or underarm hair, and that. So all that is haram and not permissible, and such people are cursed in Islam. But remember, we won't say that they are siyam, they are fasting, or they are salat, they are namaz, is not valid. If a person steals a knife, and he slaughters a chicken or something. What are you going to say? You will say the chicken is halal, but he'll get the sin for stealing the knife. So similarly, yeah, as well, that for that you'll get the sin, but your ibadat will be valid. Let's go to the brother in Texina. <clears throat> he says, so Mufti Sab, what value does an Islamic marriage certificate add in terms of the South African law? If there's no value, I mean, it's useless, Ustad. No, it's not useless. You must remember that you are going for Umrah, you are going for Hajj, you're going overseas and so forth. So, may, mashallah, they can ask you questions that who's this lady there with you? Who's this male? So you got some proof, some evidence and so forth. So in a case like that, your marriage certificate will help you and make life easier because many a time people get married and their surnames are different. Yours is ABC and your wife is still registered with a maiden surname. So you must remember hers is XYZ1. Two, if I or Mona Arafat or somebody perform your nikah, so your nikah is valid, but it's not registered there in the government as an, you know, recognized nikah. But if you go to a person who's a Maulana, Imam, Sheikh, whatever, and he, he went for that cause, and then he registered as a marriage officer and so forth. So if he performs your nikah, so then he will give you the certificate and it will be recognized also because he is recognized and so forth. So you can't say that there's no value and benefit of it. There is benefit. And when you get performed nikah, then we will tell you, if, for example, I perform your nikah. So we will advise you also that go and register your marriage, make the civil marriage there by home affairs and so forth. But the only one you must do and register is this one, ANC. ANC, you know, is easy to remember, but this ANC got nothing to do with the political party. ANC means anti-neptual contract. Then you must go and see the way you're signing properly without the accrual system, excluding the accrual system. What is the benefit of that? So when you register your marriage like that, the civil marriage, then your Islamic will will be valid and so forth. So that is why, see, even like this, that Islam, that certificate you got. So somebody can say, what proof you got this is your wife? What mm. proof you got this is your husband? You say, yes, the certificate, this, the Molana, the Imam performed the nikah, these are the witnesses. So there are a lot of benefits, brother. You can't say, no, it's just some script piece of paper, Allah forbid. 
So remember, is very good. We're not saying it's sunnah or compulsory, but there are benefits of it, and therefore we will advise it that you, the husband, you, the wife, you should have your marriage certificate in life, and when you're traveling also, it helps you and assists you. Mm. So just help me out with this uh, uh, question here. It says here, uh, that uh, my husband and I have been accredited for Hajj. We are a bit confused. It says, is it correct to move to Mina one day earlier, that is the 7th of Dhul Hajj, then to go to Arafat the night before the day of Arafat, and then to make Tawaf the second day of Pelting Ustad? Remember that, let me explain to you, because it seems like first time you are going for Hajj and so forth. So, you know, Hajj has become also really commercialized because of MBS, Murtad bin Shaitan. They got this tax and this tax, and then the agents also going to charge you. They are profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. Nobody's running a charity, you know. They're all going to charge you. So let's say you went and booked with ABC agent, all right? So you got two, three different packages. Let me explain to you this properly so you don't get mixed up. So one will be what they call, they'll take you to Medina Munawara first. Then they'll bring you to Makkah, okay? And you will perform your Umrah and all these things. Remember, you must perform Tamattu Hajj. Tamattu Hajj means that you're going to come from Medina, perform an Umrah, and after that you shave your hair. The man, the woman, you cut your hair, you do it yourself also, it's fine. After your Umrah, and then you're back in your normal clothes, husband-wife relationship, all that carries on is normal, no problem. Then you get three different categories. One is no moving. You're going to stay in Makkah. That, I think, nowadays will cost you 200, 250, 300,000. You understand? Rent per person. You must remember that because it's very, very expensive. You must remember that. So that one day, very few people can afford it. Imagine it'll cost you over half a million for two of you. <laughs> then second one is this, that they will tell you on 1st of Zulhijjah, you must move to Azizia. So that's the normal one. And if you go with some agents, they even tell you 25th of Zulqa'ada that you must move to Azizia. So some got packages. That's a cheap package. So compared to the other packages like that. So they'll move you on 25th Zulqa'ada. And second one will be first, you must remember Zulhijjah and then others fought Zulhijjah. So the longer you stay in Makkah, the more you are going to pay. Okay? So that is what you must remember. Now when they take you, you must remember to Azizia. So from Azizia, some agents, what they do, they take their people. Now tomorrow, tomorrow is Wednesday, right? So Hajj is starting, you must be in Mina. So some Hajj, some agents, what they do, they start taking their people <coughs> that night before. So like now tonight. So either they'll take you by bus or they take you walking and so forth and so on because from Azizia to Mina is very near, you can walk. So that so is it permissible? It's permissible. But the agents are doing this for their own advantage. They're not looking at you. They're not looking at you. Mm-hmm. They're looking at their own pockets and all these type of things. Because or tomorrow for them to get buses and all that is much more expensive. And today it will be much cheaper for them. And they will tell you, you in Azizia, just go there and so forth and so forth. So it's against the sunnah. The sunnah is tomorrow morning after sunrise, the first day of Hajj, you leave Makkah. You leave, Azizia is part of Makkah. So you leave Makkah, you leave Azizia, and you come to Mina. So after sunrise, so that is the sunnah. 
So the agents are short-circuiting the whole system for their own pockets. You must remember that. And they are doing this so they can save money and take it full money from you. They're not doing you a favor. Understand this mm. thing. They're short-circuiting the system. So that is what you'll do. <coughs> then you are in Mina. Let's say I had starting tomorrow. So Zohar, Asar, Maghrib, Isha. Then you're supposed to spend the night in Mina. And tomorrow is Wednesday. Then Thursday morning again. You must remember after sunrise. Then you go from Mina to Arafat. But here you can't help it. Sometimes the buses come early. Then you must remember you go straight away. Even before sunrise there's not a problem. But what the agents will do. And they will give you a lot of stories. I mean let's be honest. 80% of the agents are not speaking the truth. You understand? They'll tell you fairy tales. You must remember that. I see how they lie and all. I don't say all, but many of them. So they will tell you, no, that Muassasa told us we must do like this. Or the Saudi government told us we must do like that. Now, who going to believe all these stories? For the first time, Haji now, what they know? It's like herd mentality. You just move them. So that first day, they'll take you to Mina. And then after Isha, all that, they'll tell you, you must be ready 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And then we're going to Arafat. Now you go in night time, so you won't be walking. Some people might walk. But <laughs> the buses will come again. For them, it's cheaper that way there. You see that? They're looking at how they can save money. So they're going to move you. So you're not going to read the Fajr Salat in Mina, which is Sunnah. So you're already in Arafat that night there. So it is permissible. We're not saying it's not permissible. But is it Sunnah? Is it the right thing to do? It's not the right thing to do. Quran Sharif states, Surah 3, verse 31, In kuntum tuhibbun Allah, if you really love Almighty Allah, Jalla wala, fattabi'uni, then follow. See this word, ittiba. I show you some philology history. When you have a cow, and the cow gives birth to a calf, so that calf is male, uh, that, uh, that uh, baby, let's call it baby of the cow, is male or female. So you must remember it will be what? Tabi for male and tabia for female. So remember the calf we call in English. So remember how that calf follows its mother everywhere. So therefore, Fattabi'uni's translation won't be to follow Nabi alayhi salam, to emulate Nabi alayhi salam. No, that's incomplete translation. The translation will be Fattabi'uni, follow me immaculately. <laughs> that is the translation. We, we need to understand these things here. Yesterday we did tafsir, Wal asri innal insana lafi khusr. So I said people translated as verily people are in a loss. People are in a failure, disaster. I see this translation incomplete. Lafi khusr is the Tanween day is for tafkhim, which means in very, very big loss, very, very big disaster. <laughs> so we must know how to translate. Today is all hit, hit and run business, you know. So anyway, so <coughs> So what will happen? Yuhbibkumullah. Then you become the beloved of Almighty Allah. And Almighty Allah will forgive you your sins. Thereafter, regarding Umrah, regarding Hajj, clear cut, he Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, 
Khudu anni manasikakum. Take from me your actions of Umrah. Take from me your actions of Hajj and so forth. So I'm not telling you go and fight with your agent and so forth, but you should tell him, see, we paid you 100,000, we paid you 150,000, 200,000. So this much we expect that at least you leave one bus or something. Like myself, you must remember, I used to always tell Flywell or Hussein Khan or whoever, Allah give him Jannatul Fiddos, Hussein passed away. I have to say, me, I'm going to leave after sunrise and I'll bring all the old people with me. So it suited them fine also because they need somebody to put the old people and I should stay with the old people and they used to be very happy. These are all the bajis and kalas and masis and all of them. And then we coming, labbaik Allahumma labbaik, labbaik la sharika laka labbaik. So we leave with the bus, but we come first most of the time, or we're there in time, like, you know, because it's fine. But the main thing in all this is the agents are short-circuiting. Why? They'll tell you, no, in the morning you can't get the bus and that and all that. All fairy tales, all that. You can get everything, but you have to pay. So, and the paying day is premium price. You know how it is. So, therefore, it works out much cheaper for them. They'll take you to Mina that night before you're supposed to be in Mina. They will take you to Arafat before the night before, before you're supposed to be there. Then when Arafat finishes, Musdalifa, they will tell you everybody must walk. They might have one, two buses to take the old people. So today it's like that. So therefore, I'm advising you, Hajis, whether you're from South Africa or you're from America or you're from India, Pakistan or any country in the world, whichever agent you are going with, make sure that whatever you paid for, you must know what you are paying and you must have a contract. And remember, everything must be stipulated there in the contract. It must be written. And you got problems now already, then contact Sahuk and them. They must help you. That is their job. They're not doing you a favor. You, they pay. They got millions in the account and they're charging you more and more. That's another story. So anyway, you must remember that. So you must never just agree on verbal agreement. Then I saw Hajis, how they suffer and all mm. this type of thing. Everything you, O oh, Hujjaja Baitillah, prospective Hujjaj, make sure. I mean, it's not a small thing, you know. Imagine you going, say Suleiman is going with his wife. Okay, we just make wife example. He's going with his wife. The minimum you're going to pay this year, Hajj, if you're going for four, five, six weeks, is 100,000, 125,000. Quarter million you're paying. Sure. I mean, that's the going yeah, rate. Yeah. That's a going rate, remember. If anybody tells you they can give you a four-week, five-week package and remember that you're going to stay in the five-star, four-star hotel for less than 100000 they're not being honest with you. You must take all, everything into consideration. Your transport, you'll have to pay for alone, on your own. So your food, you'll have to pay. Nobody's going to give you three meals a day and transport everywhere and all that. You must remember that. i give you easy example. For Tawaf Ziyarat, you will have to organize your own transport. So they don't going to give you transport. So these are the <laughs> hidden costs. You must remember these type of things here. So you, Hajis, you also, and you want the Hajj Kitab and so forth. So inshallah, we're going to have the Hajj Seminar Day.
stay in Durban. Inshallah, inshallah, the dates and all that we will tell you. So inshallah, then the Hajj Kitab will be distributed, but anybody wants now, so a PDF copy, we'll send it to you, mashallah. Just contact me, 071-888-1184, 071-888-1184. And every day you, Hujjaj Abaytillah, today from Iftar time, so Iftar time is already Wednesday, and remember Sehari time, so make special dua, Surah 2, verse 1, Surah 2, verse 128, wa arina manasikana wa tub alayna innaka anta tawwabu rahim. Oh, beloved Allah, that show us and teach us, Ya Allah, the method and the manner of performing hajj and take us to Makkah, Mina, Arafat, Muzdalifa, all that. Wa tub alayna and forgive us innaka anta tawwabu rahim. Myself, that I make shukr every day that I never had to worry about this. Imagine people leaving. My family members left yesterday, day for yesterday, like that. Others leaving. So you must remember, now make appointment for Umrah. What nonsense is all this? You mm. must remember that. Then, Madina <laughs> Munawwara, you want to go to the Yazul Jannah, make appointment there. So now, one connection of mine, he went, he said that, you know what, so that there are some guys who are outside the haram, and they will tell you, just bring your phone here, and they make something you understood. So I said, must be a Pakistani or an Indian guy, because they know the cell phone in, inside, outside, you know, backwards and frontwards. So they said, how you know? I said, I know these guys, they're masters. So they will change your appointment date and all this guy thinks, and you must pay them 20, 30 rials. Outside the haram, they're running this record now. They understood. Now, why all these problems? Because your system is haram. You must remember this type of things here. So imagine now, we go and we have to make appointment. It's not your father's haram there. So you must remember this type of things here. So that's why today I feel so sad, you know, for you who are going for Hajj first time. A lady, I have Quran in my hand. A lady yesterday, she told me I'm in Makkah. She said, you know how packed Makkah is. It's still only not even halfway mark. What will happen last 10 days when another half million will come in and so forth? She said, the police don't allow us women to go inside. You know what they take the bag off our neck and they throw it on the floor. Inna lillahi wa inna. That's what she told me. And they don't bother whether there's Quran Sharif inside there, whether there's your dua kitabs. They don't got a no care attitude. They don't teach them that these are do you for Rahman, do you for Allah, yet Allah ke mahmane. It's their pride and arrogance, you must remember. And therefore I say, Allahumma. The way they behave, you must remember, it's not right, you must remember these type of things here. So we just make shukar, alhamdulillah, we went for Ramadan, we went for Hajj, we made Umrah, because I know that I was never able to tolerate all these type of things here. They must make appointment and do this. Your father's haram all this. Is Allah's haram. Allah says, Sawa anil akifu fihi wal bad. You must remember that. And you come with all this law. All haram, all these laws here yeah, they make. So therefore, we, we don't agree with these things. Yeah? But I'm just telling you 
the first time haji, the first time you're going for Umrah now in Ramadan, so you must know what you're going into. And especially a hajj, make sure you got a written contract and you must know everything. Because when you go there, the agents will give you a lot of stories. No, we can't do this, we can't do papa. Yes, everything in contract. I'll go to Sahuk, I go yes. to Muassasa, mm. then see the papa will dance, then see how they change and all that. Ustaz, <laughs> you bring memories back of our hajj. I see Dr. Sab says here uh, that we don't know about this, what you're telling us, dear Mufti Sab. Why are the agent lies? They are liars. Astaghfirullah, Mufti A.K. Ustaz. I, you see, I don't want to badmouth any agent or anything like that. It's not right. And we're fasting, right? <clears throat> so when people ask me which agent we must book with, so I say you must ask that which agent speaks the less lies. <laughs> <laughs> you must say which agent speaks the least, <laughs> yeah, the least lies. You understand? So then that agent you are right with, and all these type of things. Yeah. So I'm telling you, because the way they and they they, they actually they you know the first time Haji, you feel them so sorry, you know. Mm. That one side the heat, one side they don't know the language. Second thing is they see the crowd there. In their life they never saw crowd like that and so forth. And those guys just make their own stories. And they will make their story with a straight face, man. Uh, I give you one example, <laughs> right? I just give you, this is a famous, famous example, uh-huh. right? Right. Some hajis they pitch up. You must remember. 20th, 21st of Zulqa'ada. It means they came with a two-week package, three-week package, all that. Now, sometimes these guys will come first time. You know, they can't take the four, five, six-week package. So they took two-week, three-week package and all. So 90% of the agents from South Africa, they'll take the hujjaj first to Medina. So when they come to Makkah, they say, okay, now we want to go for Ziyarat, we want to go see Mina, we want to see Arafat, we want to see Muzdalifa, we want to see Jabal Nur, where Ghare Hira is, we want to see Jabal Saur. They say, no, the Saudi government say you can't go for Ziyarat now. So where the Saudi government said that? Mm. Because they don't have time, they're too busy and all this type of thing, and it'll cost them a lot of money to get the bus to take them and us and all this. But it's part of the package, the ziyarat. You must remember these kind of things, yeah? So I just this one typical example I give you. The nearer you come to Hajj, the transport, you know from Azizia, if you go Shawwal, you go Zulqada, to go from Azizia, Makkah will cost you 5 real, 10 real, 15 real. And that when you come near the Hajj, it costs you 50 real, 100 real also per person. So where's 5, 10 real and where's 50 real in it? And real is not cheap. It's 5 rand almost. So we must think of all these issues there. Therefore, my advice to all of you, especially <coughs> those going first time, Remember that make everything very clear with your agent. We're paying you all this, and we want to perform, but we want the quality hajj. We don't want the short circuit hajj and this and that. See another example I give you. See another example I give you. <laughs> they will take the people for tawaf ziyarat, right? Mm. <laughs> you know the things they do? Astaghfirullah, it's not right. Tawaf ziyarat you make in your normal clothes, right? You read your two rakat salat. 
and then you make Safa Marwa. Yeah. Then they'll say, come back, make another Tawaf. They'll say, but for what now? Say, no, Tawaful Wida. Tawaful Wida, but you still, you haven't pelted Allah. all that. You must remember all this, you understand. You have to pelt on the 11th, you have to pelt on the 12th, and all that. This is the 10th. And now they tell you, make Tawaful Wida. Say, but isn't Tawaful Wida? He said, no, 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 no. That you must just do it now. We don't have time to bring you and this and Short circuit. Now what the haji must do? You see? Mm. So these are things that you must be very careful about. I don't say all the agents, but many agents are doing all this. Gubgal, I call mm. it. Shortcut business. Ustaz, before we go for an ad break, somebody just sent a message. says, uh, tell Mufti AK, our agent told us, just pay 395000 Then everything is sorted. Everything will be VIP. Should we believe him or not? It's only my husband and I. 395000 Renu Ustad. This is it. You see, sure. leave 395. Tell him, Papa, that I'll give you 400,000 years. Give me everything in paper and writing and anything you can't give, then I'm going to sue you. Understood? Oh. And this type of things. It's a big money-making racket and all these type of things here. There's VIP. And as you know what means VIP? The nearer you are to the shaitan, you pay more. <laughs> <laughs> The nearer you are to the shaitan, you pay more. So that is, I'll never go for a package like that. You're asking me, right? Mm. The hadith says, al mustashar mm. Who got for? Leave 395. They're just playing fools. Uh-huh. It's like the supermarkets, you know. That you want to buy something, 10.99, 15.99. You know that, that one cent change, five cent change, waste of time. So 15.99, 15.95 is 16 rand. So what, 3.95? <coughs> what is it, 3.95? Gee, 395,000. 3.95,000 is 400,000, right? So 200, 200,000. Now imagine. Then, A, you, you're shopping. So your hug <laughs> is going to cost you leave shopping. Add your food. He's not going to give you three meals. Add your transport. He's not going to give you transport everywhere. So the example I gave you, that Tawafu Ziyarat and all mm. these things mm. there, right? Then when you are in Azizia, you want to go Makkah, all that is not included. It's all on your own. So your package will work out 500,000, half a million rand for two of you. I mean... Who's got that kind of money? And best part, see, see the folk. I, I answer the question as the question is posed. So the agent says, just give me that 400,000. That 5,000 is just kali kali. So you must remember, give me that 400,000 and everything is done. So, so that's exactly what I'm telling you not to do. Sure. You must tell him, I will pay you, but I want everything here in black and white. You must remember that. What are we going to get? I'm going Medina, what will I get? When I'm going Makkah, what will I get? We're going Azizia, what will I get? And this type of things there. And if you default, then what recourse do I have? Mm. So all that, because Sahuk also cannot intervene some places. Last year, you know how many people phoned us and contacted us. They say, we want to take this agent to court and this agent to court. And I told you, take them to court. I mean, if you pay for something, and they shortchange you, and this is not some small thing, it's your first hajj, I mean, you're entitled to a refund and all these type of things. I mean, we need to be honest, you know. There's a rip-off of the hajjis. I'm not saying all the agents, but I'll definitely tell you many agents that are complete rip-off. Mm-hmm. That agent who spoke like that to you, brother, sister, we don't know you, we don't know your agent, and I don't want no agent's name here. Mm-hmm. So you must remember, but that... 
I'll never fall for that story there. Nigga minalomali zongelungile. So this type of thing. Uh, uh, that's the story. Twelve minutes to twelve to twelve o'clock. Longile. Let's go for an ad break. Haji Suleiman. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Well, it's exactly now uh, nine minutes uh, to twelve. I'm, I'm receiving so many messages here about Hajj. So it means maybe to have a program beyond Hajj. Ustad. Somebody says here, yeah, what is the best way to save for Hajj? And if you can't afford it, is it permissible to go for Umrah before Hajj? Or can you take a loan, like how the people have to pay 395000 You take a loan and you come back, you sort it out to start. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. There are three questions here. Question number one is this. Can you go for Umrah, although you have not performed your first Hajj? Yes, it's totally permissible. Umrah, you just book your ticket and you go, and you don't need agent also. You can do everything online and so forth. Second one is this, that when you perform Umrah, now during Ramadan or during Shawwal or what, does it mean that Hajj becomes compulsory? No, there's no such thing like that. Today, Hajj is a lot of issues. People are waiting three, four, five years. So remember, I get messages that I'm already in the queue with Sahuk for four or five years. How come I didn't? I say, well, ask Sahuk what we know. So you must remember that, the second one. Third one, Hajj is compulsory. That you must remember if you have the means. If you don't have the means, they're not compulsory upon you. The Quran is very clear. So that issue, you're going to take a loan from a person for 200, 300, 400,000, depending who's going, you and your wife, or what and what. I would not recommend that. Remember, that's in Islam and so forth. Habibuna sallallahu hadith in Sunan Nasai. Listen to this one hadith. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minal kufri wa dayn. Oh Allah, I seek your protection from kufr, blasphemy, and deaths. The Sahaba who were sitting there were astonished and amazed. They said, So wait the Dayna bil Kufri, Ya Rasulullah. <laughs> so, Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you took death and it's like you equated it with blasphemy. Qala na'am. The Master, alayhi salatu salam, said yes. So, I would not advise that option. Remember that. So, so what happens if you pass away? Who's going to pay that debt? There's a lot of issues, you know. So, think properly about that. There's a question, says here, that for must fast of my wife, due to pregnancy will she have to pay fidya and make up the fast later or will just making up the fast latest be suffice to start wifey shafi only qada is compulsory you must remember according to the hanafis according to shafis and them because of the child and all that you must remember so she has to keep qada also and she has to pay fidya also so your wife couldn't fast the 30 fast we just say so for every fast, she must keep qada. And for every fast, she must pay 10 rand. So what the 30 fast, she will have to pay 300 rand also, according to the Shafi'is, because the fear here is for the child and the unborn baby and so forth. So al-qada ma'al-fidya in the Shafi'iyah. So according to the Shafi'is, there will be qada upon her and fidya as well. And I told you, just say whole month she's 
not fasting, so 30 days and then 300 rand because the fidya for Shafi is is 10 rand per fast and according to Hanafis is 35 rand per, per, per fast, so 1,000 rand for the month you have to pay, minimum according to the Hanafi scholars. There's a question says, my husband swears you, Mufti Ike, swears Molana Salim Karim, swears Molana Arafat and Mufti Siraj. He swears y'all all because my children and I, we listen to y'all and we are in Deen. I'm a student of Deen, Mufti Ike. He's so vulgar. Ustad. Very good. He's swearing us. People used to swear Nabi alayhi salatu salam. So at least we're getting one sawab. we imitating Nabi alayhi salatu salam. Shouldn't the people do oppose? Why? Yesterday I told you in tafsir, that you must invite people towards the truth. If you don't invite people towards the truth, then you yourself will be invited towards batil. So that is what happened to your husband. He doesn't want to hear the truth because the truth is better. And now he and his friends and all of them, the bad colleagues, he's got friendship and so forth. So they want to do things according to their own fancy and all that. Today, somebody sent me a statistic. They said Muslims in the world, two point something, something, something billion. I said that number is including all the Shias and all the Qadianis and Agakhanis and all. So if you want billion also, you will be lucky. Two billion you're talking about is a fairy tale. So they belong to that group there. You must remember this. Not interested in understanding Islam, true Islam and so. So what the wasu bil haq, what the wasu bil sab. So when people swear us and all that, so we still make dua for them. We say Allah give them hidayat and so forth and so on. So remember that you're swearing us. So our rank will get elevated because why? Your good deeds will come to us, whatever good deeds. Mm. So, But you <coughs> destroying yourself because you, the tap is open. The tap is open, but you put the glass, the cup upside down. So is that my fault? Is that Muslim's fault? Is that Mufti Shiraz's fault? Is that Mon Arafat's fault? Your wife, your children, the tap is open. They put the cup and the glass the right way. So mashallah, their iman, their Islam, their fasting, all becomes much more meaningful. So think properly, brother. <laughs> Swearing is not going to harm me or anybody else, the names you mentioned of the great ulama and so forth. But remember, it's going to harm you. So think properly what you're doing. <laughs> A sister says requesting for du'as for the people of Empangeni. They got affected with rain and wind yesterday. We started. Allah Jalla Wala protect the Muslims and people wherever you are in Impangani if you experience wind and you know storms and all that and maybe there was no power sometimes you have uh, load shedding sometimes you have water shedding sometimes you have both one time and, and Ramadan on top of it so what must we do my sister will end on this year so first thing we must do is read two rakat salat and in that salat after the salat raise your hands make dua surah 12 surah Surah Yusuf, verse 64, فَاللَّهُ خَيْرٌ حَافِظًا وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّاحِمِينَ Allah Jalla Wala is the best of protector and he Almighty Allah is the most merciful one to show mercy. So that is number one. 
Then number two, you must remember, is this. Read chapter 7, verse 151. وَأَدَخِلْنَا فِي رَحْمَتِكَ وَأَنْتَرْحَمُ الرَّحِمِينَ O oh Allah, include us in your special, special mercy. Whilst you, Ya Allah, you are the most merciful one to show mercy. Then give out charity daily. And on a daily basis, you mother, you father, you husband, wife, children, every day beg Almighty Allah for what? For Afia, Afia. One is our doctor Afia, our sister. Allah Taala make easy for her. Eighteen years she's away from her family already, plus minus. So you must remember, one is Afia. Allah Taala preserve our iman, our Islam. Allah preserve our honor, our wealth. Allah is one word with an encyclopedic meaning. So do those there and remember when you see the storm and the wind. Allahumma alhariyah. Ya Allah, make it a beneficial wind and storm wind, you know, and don't make it a destructive one. Where they see roofs are flying and this is happening and cars and all that accidents and so many things. So Allah Taala keep us under His protection at all times, all places. Allah Jalla Wala accept us. Amin. Salaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah. والجماعة